Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the 17th October edition. Back after a couple of weeks. One week I uh, was on vacation, and well, last weekend I was at a Strong Forest barbell cert. It was fun. Uh, I don't use barbells much except for the deadlift, but when I first started, barbells were all I lifted and kettlebells were things we used maybe once a week at most at San Francisco CrossFit. And uh, we would do weird American style kettlebell swings with them. So it was great to go in after a long break the strong for style of coaching loved it excited to apply and of course because strong first is about principles there's a whole lot of carryover into any kind of training i do and eventually my coaching as well once i assimilate what i learned besides that one work slash coaching update i have made the decision to cut down my coaching hours over the next few months. It's a scary big change. And well, more on this uh, as I actually do it and I will explain why and all that. Well, that's enough about me. I hope your weekend's going well. Let's start off with the three things I have for you this week. The first one is titled find your thing. I was on a radio show the past week and the RJ asked me uh, this question. Uh, she brought up the you know, situation, a very valid question. You know how there are so many things out there and even in the strength and conditioning world, even if I look at other, other gyms that are in the same ballpark or thereabouts as what we do at the quad, all of us say about the same thing. And for somebody from the outside, for somebody inexperienced, yeah, they're all the same vague words and jargon uh, used. And what is it that you're really getting? So this kind of confusion is, well, prevalent. And it was there when I was a noob and knew nothing and I was searching as well and San Francisco CrossFit stood out, well rather CrossFit stood out because it was a reasonably new phenomenon then. So today, because of the internet, because of Instagram and just access to pretty much everything that everybody is doing, is there anything really new? And thus, is everything accessible? And so we go to, I don't know what to do. How do I find the right thing? Which was the question asked. Well, here are my thoughts on it. Find your thing. With experimentation. By trying it out by doing it with the right mindset, with a learning 
mindset and giving it enough time. There are a gazillion options for fitness out there. There are umpteen diet protocols. Inevitably, everyone starts to sound the same. The promises, the bravado, the six-pack, the allure of transformations. There are success stories in everything, including the most non-scientific bro science methods out there. And there are failures even in the best training protocols and coaching programs out there. Because it all comes down to you. You, your effort, and nothing else. As Coach Dan John says, there are many eight weeks in 10 years. What does that mean? Well, you don't need to be in a rush. You don't need to be flustered about finding the right answer. You just need to pick one that resonates. You just need to pick one that is kinda, sorta, right. Talk to a couple of people in the community. Talk to the coach. Try it out. And then, jump right in. Do it for six to eight weeks. See how you like it. If you're okay with a larger, longer commitment, commit to a challenge. The running community is brilliant for this. You sign up for a race. Like signing up for running 21 kilometers when I couldn't run 500 meters seemed like the stupidest thing to do, but it also made it just possible and accessible just because I signed up. So, before results, focus on effort. Just show up, even if it is boring. Because whatever you do, it'll get tough and it'll get boring sooner or later. It is you who will change, who will evolve and find maybe what is boring to somebody else is not boring to you, but that takes a while. Until then, you just keep showing up. And say after one or two of these eight weeks, you'll be a few steps ahead of where you are. And if what you're doing currently is not your cup of tea, don't force it. There are a lot of options out there. And you know a little bit more about yourself. Find something else. And in a few attempts, in a few eight weeks, you will know what your ballpark is. And even here, there'll be a bunch of options. But you're now reasonably there. For example, I'm always gonna lift weights. But even in strength training, there is a, a, its own universe here. So I narrow it down, but I also create challenges for myself in the realm of fitness. So you will get there. Stay patient, experiment, and find your thing. All right, on to the three quotes for today. <laughs> 
The first one by Jiddu Krishnamurti. When pure feeling is corrupted by the intellect, there is mediocrity. That is what most of us are doing. When pure feeling is corrupted by the intellect, there is mediocrity. Our lives are mediocre because we're always calculating, asking ourselves whether it is worthwhile, what profit we will get, not only in the world of money, but also in the so-called spiritual world. If I do this, will I get that? End quote. This ties into my previous post because while we always want goals and we always want results in fitness and nutrition, sometimes just falling in love makes a lot of things redundant because you start to find yourself, you start to express yourself there, you start to discover yourself that results just become less important well they are still you know signposts but they are not the be all and end all second quote this is by Mortimer Ladler and Charles Van Doren from the book how to read a book to make knowledge practical we must convert it into rules of operation we must pass from knowing what is the case to knowing what to do about it if we wish to get somewhere. Almost every book I read is practical in nature. But a change that I've made over the last year is to read lesser and learn to apply it, learn to contextualize it into some form of rules of operation, as they put it. By simply ensuring that a practical book needs to be applied has just multiplied the amount of learning I get from it. The final one by Verlin Klinkenborg. You were taught that reading is extraction, end quote. Well, yeah, what else can reading be if you're not trying to extract the meaning out of it and become suddenly smarter and steal that author's ideas and whatnot and make something of it yourself? Well, reading Klinkenborg's book, not only for what he's trying to teach, but also just how to read, like reading out loud, reading and finding the not meaning in books, not just what they are saying, but what they are choosing not to say, what they are implying, what the echo is, finding that rhythm, imagining the world that they are building there's just so many pleasures to, to reading. I realize I'm pretty skilled at reading a few kinds of books. Fiction, some types of fiction rather, fantasy. But 
there are certain types of books which I struggle to read. These self-help or self-improvement books, for example. Because I just read too fast, which is okay. But am I contextualizing? Am I taking it too literally? Oh boy, there are a whole lot of things to figure out. And it's fun. Well, that ends the quotes. On to the final piece for today on calorie deficits. The first law states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. It should ring a vague bell. Now we studied this in middle school or high school physics, the law of thermodynamics. Why is this even relevant? Well, it's extremely relevant. To lose weight, you need to expend more energy than you consume. Conversely, to gain weight, you need to consume more energy than you expend. Right? That's it. It's that simple. Now, the unit of measurement we use for this energy in food and our body is a calorie. A calorie or a kilocalorie, it doesn't matter. You call it whatever you want. Call it bitsy. Call it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay? Let's not even worry. So why is the law of thermodynamics relevant? Well, we'll get there. Because you have a lot of stored energy. I'm going to use an example. Let's take a 70 kilo male who is at 20% body fat. Now, what does body fat mean? Well, our body is made up of, you know, muscle and bone and fat and organs and all that. Our brain, for example, is fat. But so is, you know, the fat that we want to lose. Well, that's also fat. So there's essential fat and there's non-essential fat. So let's take this guy. He's 70, per, uh, 70 kilos at 20% body fat, and he wants to get to 15% body fat. So what is 5% of his weight? Well, that's 3.5 kilos. So essentially, this guy wants to lose 3.5 kilos of fat. And, well, 1 kilo of fat is 7,700 calories. Okay. So multiplying that by three and a half kilos gives us a grand total of about 27,000 calories. Now, 27,000 calories is what this guy needs to remove. Rather, this is the excess energy he stored over the years based on what he's eaten to attain three and a half kilos of fat loss. Now, for simplicity's sake, we'll assume that all loss in weight will be fat, and then when we gain weight, we will assume that it is all muscle, but it is almost 
never the case even for somebody who eats really really well okay but let's let's ignore that so we'll also define what maintenance is the body has an energy requirement right to do everything your organs need to function and then there's you walking around and then there's you eating there's you digesting to do all of this there's you breathing to sit at your desk to watch tv all our bodies need energy so the energy it needs to sustain itself well that's called maintenance so let's just come up with some more numbers right let's say maintenance for this guy at 70 kilos is 2000 calories please don't take any of this literally i'm just using some simple round numbers so this guy is eating 2000 calories a day he wants to lose three and a half kilos which is 27000 total calories because we are in my universe and we're going to be sensible we're going to take six months or 180 days to achieve this three and a half kilos so dividing 27,000 by 180 gives us 150 calories per day meaning this is the calorie deficit that our imaginary guy needs to achieve his goal over this time frame meaning he has to eat 1850 calories for the next six months while keeping you know everything else the same meaning whatever he's doing if he's if his energy maintenance is based on him walking 30 minutes a day well we are assuming he's going to continue walking only 30 minutes a day so 150 calories per day is the deficit he needs this is the difference between what he is consuming and what his body is expending. So this brings us back to the first law. Now this energy needs to come from somewhere, right? The deficit. Your body still needs 2,000 calories, but you're eating only 1,850. Where does this 150 magically come from? Well, from the excess fat you have stored in your body. That's why... The first law of thermodynamics is important. The stored fat, we break it down, we convert that energy into the energy that is required by the body. Now, wouldn't it be simpler to eat only 1000 calories and thus achieve this by a deficit of 1,000 calories a day over 27 days? Sure, whatever. We are in my universe, and in my universe, we will do sensible things. We will not do extreme things. So, how do you put out muscle then? Well, same idea, except instead of a calorie deficit, you go on a calorie surplus. So, Keep the math simple. Three and a half kilos is the amount of muscle you want to put in. Great. You will now eat 150 calories more than you need. 2,150 instead of 2,000 for six months. 
So where does this leave you? Well, if you are the analytical kind, you can start by writing down some numbers. First up, obviously, your weight. And then your body fat percentage. You can find this if you're really serious by doing a DEXA scan. Uh, but you know, there are some quick and dirty methods uh, using your uh, age, height, weight, circumference of your waist and your neck, for example. Or you can do a skin fold caliper test, which is a lot more accurate. But you come up with these, right? So your weight, your body fat percentage, and then what is your goal? Is it to lose weight or is it to gain weight? And you can also find out what your maintenance is. You can use the Google, it'll tell you a bunch of links, you can figure it out, or you can wear a heart rate monitor for a day and see what you are expending in a day as well and use that as a reference. And thus, based on that, your maintenance and your goal, you arrive at the calorie delta you need, the deficit or the surplus. Now remember, all of this assumes that your training is calibrated. Now that's another universe. Let's just assume you're going for 45 minutes of walking a day for fat loss or 45 minutes of strength training three days a week for muscle gain. Because all of this needs to come into your calorie requirements for the day and thereby the week. Using these, you have some idea of what happens, but here's the deal. You know I don't prescribe calorie counting. It's a useful tool to use occasionally. There are a lot of errors in calculation and then you know how much you absorb is well dependent on person to person and then there's the tediousness of the actual counting. I think it's, it fails a sanity check. Like I'm gonna drive myself, myself insane doing this. So when we come to this, this is simply to understand, hey, why am I not losing fat fast enough? Or hey, why am I not gaining? Well. You need to know how much there is to lose if you are the kind to be perturbed by this kind of stuff. Only if you know what ballpark you're playing in does it make sense. So there are insensible methods to do both, losing and gaining weight. Don't do them. Or well, rather, I don't prescribe or subscribe to them. But then again, I'm not the guy to talk to if you want to get single-digit body fat percentages. Like the 12 to 18% a sustainable, a reasonable mark. Well, that's me and that's where my answer is like. So the additional caveats to this, starvation is not the answer for fat loss. At the same time, feeling queasy and constantly full is not fun either, which is what most people typically feel like when they try to gain mass. Instead, as always, focus on nutrient density. Try eating five cups of vegetables and say three to five cups of protein and tell me if you're still hungry. And of course, your sanity levels need to be high. 
if you're snapping at your friends and family and you're constantly in a bad mood and you're always thinking about food or whatever, what, what is the point of you know, a single-digit body fat percentage? So to close this out, to lose weight or to gain weight, there needs to be a delta in what you take in versus what you spend. The first law of thermodynamics determines all. So plan accordingly, especially if you're the analytical kind and you can set reasonable or unreasonable goals and try to go based on that. But more than that, I hope this was useful to just learn some simple nomenclature and how the body works on calorie deficits and calorie surpluses and fat loss and mass gain. Thank you for listening to me. I am done with this for this week. This is Coach AA signing off, and I will see you next weekend. Bye. You have a good one.